when God answers prayers, I want to talk to you about today. Um, it's estimated about 375 times in the Scripture the word prayer is used. Almost always in those 375 references, it's talking about men, women praying to God, communicating with the Lord. 375 times. So prayer is a big part, obviously, not just of Scripture, but of the Christian walk, of the Christian life. In Luke chapter 11, whenever the disciples asked Jesus about prayer, uh, Jesus gave them that answer that, you know, we kind of know what prayer is. He says, ask, seek, and knock. You know, A-S-K, ask, seek, and knock. And so God wants us to go to him in prayer, even though, you know, we talk to people and they go, man, God already knows what I'm going to ask and all that. Well, that's true, but it's not really, it's not, you're not praying for God, you're praying for yourself. You know, you're, you're praying for your benefit. You're praying so that you can see God move and, and your faith is increased. But, um, so I want to talk to you about when God answers prayer. Now, there's kind of like two phases of this sermon, this message. We'll get into, like, I guess I call the characteristics of when God answers prayer, but I kind of want to look at first uh, at the answers that God gives to prayer. And uh, the first, of course, is, is when God says yes. When God says yes. Now, you know, when people talk about God answering prayer, this is kind of what we always imply. We say, well, you know, God, uh, man, God answered my prayer, and I got this over here. And, you know, God answered my prayer, and, uh, and this over here happened. And, you know, we've been praying about this, and God answered our prayer, and, and this mighty thing happened. And this is kind of how we think about, about God and prayer. God says yes. To us, that's, that's answered prayer. Everybody wants God to say yes, you know. But believe it or not, there, there's some things that... Uh, that you really don't want God to say yes about. But let's first look at the good yes. The good yes. I thought, well, I thought all yeses were good from God. Well, we're going to see here in a little bit. But This I call the good yes. Okay? In Psalm chapter 37, verse 4, it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So see, there's God wants to give you the things you desire. He really does, the desires of your heart. But notice that that, the whole idea of giving what you desire is based upon delighting yourself in the Lord. Delighting yourself in the Lord. To delight yourself in the Lord, that is, man, you put God in the place he needs to be in your life. Man, you're looking to the Lord for everything. You love him, you worship him, you seek to follow him, you want to do his will you, you know, it's just he is your life. You delight in him. And I guarantee you that if you delight yourself in the Lord like that, then your prayer life is going to be in the right direction. The things that you desire and the things that you want are going to be things that God says, you know, what? I want to say yes to that. Because you are right with me and we are in fellowship. And I want to give the things that you desire in your heart. It's a good yes. In 1 John chapter 5, it says this. John the Apostle wrote, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. 
So that good yes is that when we ask those things that are God's will, we know those are things that God wants for us. And God wants to say yes to that. That's the good yes. Now, just like there's a good yes, there's a bad yes. Okay? Kind of like when you're on a diet and you see chocolate or a donut or something, right? Chocolate. (laughs) We'll stick with chocolate. There's the bad yes. There's the bad yes. Now, there's three examples of these that I like to go to in in the Bible. The first one is in Numbers chapter 11. The Lord says to Moses in Numbers chapter 11, verse 18, Then you shall say to the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat, for you have wept in in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat meat. So here they are in the wilderness. Uh, They came out of bondage and slavery in Egypt. They've been in the wilderness. God's feeding them with manna from heaven. Falls from heaven, like almost looks like frost. They gather it up. They eat it. It tastes pretty good. Uh, By the afternoon, it's gone. There's no mess up. There's no cleanup. It's pretty, pretty efficient. But man, they're missing their, their chicken. There's some fried chicken and some, some steak and you know, and man, they're missing, they want some lamb chops or something. Yeah, come on, preacher. And, uh, and they get to complaining. Man, God, we had it better being slaves back in Egypt. At least we had something meat to eat. And they complained and they griped. And God said, fine, fine, you want meat? I'll give you meat. And God said, yes. And the Bible goes on and says that three feet. Now, you remember, you got a million people out in the wilderness. They kind of get did the estimate of, of how many people were out there. A million men, women, children. God brings quail. You know how many quail you got to get out there to feed a million people for a month? The Bible says three feet. God has a storm come in, brought three feet of quail. They had to pluck that stuff, gut it, clean it. And there was blood and guts and feathers all over that place. And he goes on and says, you shall eat meat, not one day, not two days, not five days, not 10 days, not 20 days, but for a whole month. And look, till it comes out your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you because you have desired, or I'm sorry, have despised the Lord who is among you and have wept before him saying, why did we ever leave Egypt? So they have to clean and gut and prepare a month's worth of quail. And the stink and the mess in that place that they had endured, the Bible says that while the meat was still in their mouth, they regretted it. Because God knew it was best. You don't need meat out here in the wilderness, fellas. It's going to be a mess. Trust me, the man is good. It's No, we want meat. They thought they knew it was better. They thought they knew it was better than God knew for them. That's a bad yes. When you say, I want it, I want it, I want it. God said, fine, you know what, you can have it. You think you know what's better? You got it. It's an actual judgment. Second one is in 1 Samuel chapter 8. 
It says there, but the, but the thing dis, displeased Samuel when they said that nation came to Samuel and said, give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. So they've been in the land now, you know, through um, Joshua and them, came in the land, been settled in the land for 400 years. 400 years they've been okay. And they decided, man, we want a king. Everybody else has got a king. Man, they got a king, and they got a king. Man, we want a king too. And God said, man, this is, you don't want a king. This is not time for you to have a king. I got a king for you, but this ain't the time. No, we want a king now. We want a king now. I don't want to wait. We don't want to wait for a king. We want a king. And God says, fine, fine. You want a king? You want it? Yes, you can have a king. That was a bad yes. Because that king that he brought in, which was not from the tribe of Judah that the Lord comes from, because that king came from the tribe, that, that was a thorn in their flesh, and they struggled with that dual kingdom all the way until the end of the Old Testament. It was a, it was, um, it was just, it was a plague to them. But it was the right thing. It wasn't the right time. But they didn't want to wait. They didn't want to wait. One of the most you know, known that we use a lot, Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son. When it, when it says there in Luke 15, the younger son, he came, a uh, younger of them, said to the father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. So he divided them his livelihood and gave it to that prodigal son. And we know the story about the prodigal son. That's a, I want it now. I want it now. You know, usually you get your inheritance after the person passes away. But no, I want it. I don't want to wait. I want it now. And so he said, fine, yes, you can have it. He gave him, gave him what, he, what he was supposed to have. It's a bad yes. Now, I, and when I was a kid, Willy Wonka, remember her? Veruca Salt. That's the old, that's the 70 version when I was a kid because I'm kind of older. So, and she sang a song called, I Want It Now. See the little Oompa Loompas there? She gets up on that stand behind her in this version of the Willy Wonka, and she, the little dial there says good or bad, and it goes to bad. She goes down to shoot. It's a bad yes. God says yes, but you, I'm telling you, you don't want it. When God gives us what we want, and it's really not his will. So that's when God says yes. Now, not only does God say yes, that's an answer, but you know what? God says no. See, we kind of forget that no is an answer to prayer. God's saying no, I don't want that for you. That, that's an answer. We don't like that. Isn't our kids going to say, you know, what's the matter? You, you don't take no for an answer? No. <laughs> right? And that's the way we get sometimes. We just, we just don't take no for an answer with God. We want the Yes. Now, just as there is the bad yes, there is the bad no. Now, this is the kind of no you don't want to get from God. In James chapter 4, it says there, James said, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud. So you, know, you could come to the Lord with something that is legitimate. You could come to something, Lord, that, that he actually wants to give to you. But because of your pride, you won't humble yourself before him. No. No, you're not going to get it. You're too proud. You won't, you, yeah, you want, you want this from me, but 
are you going to follow me? You don't do the things I ask of you. That's a bad no. In James chapter 4, James said in, in the same book, it says, Are you asking you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may consume it? Uh, I'm sorry, spend it on your pleasures. Another translation says, Consume it upon your lust. So you, you got the wrong motive. I, I've told you before, I, I have to confess, I have prayed, I don't play the lottery. But I have prayed that someone would come give me the winning ticket. <laughs> Say, Lord, and I told the Lord, hey, I promise you, Lord, if someone, like the winning ticket, I find it in the parking lot, you know, and it's a million dollars, I promise you, Lord, I'll give you half. You know, out of a million, that's 500,000, right? That's all. I'll just keep 500,000. I'll give you more than 10%, you know, with the tithe. I'll give you 500. As a matter of fact, I'll just keep maybe 200,000. You can have the other. 80, right? 80,000. I'm like, I'll just, you know, I'll get just 100,000, Lord. I'll keep 100,000. You can have it all. God, I'll, give it to, I'll give it to little children and widows and churches and police. I'll get everything. I don't know how many parking lots I've walked around. I have not found that ticket yet. And uh, probably not going to. Because I got the wrong motive. Got the wrong motive. It says there in Hebrews chapter 12, he says, now no chastening. Right? That's that discipline. No chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You know, sometimes we get a no because um, we're being judged of sin in our life, and God says, no, you are not right. It might be... A good thing you're praying for, but you are not right with me. We're not in fellowship. The answer is no. You know, the bad no's. Now, just as there is a bad no, there's actually a good no. Now, again, that, that's hard to believe, and, and I don't like to even say that, you know. But there is a good no. Now, the good no is because God has a yes that is better, just like Inky said. God has a yes that's better than what we're pursuing, and God says no for that, and yes over here. And that's kind of hard. But there is this thing as a good no. In John chapter 11, it says here, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, which is Mary, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he, Lazarus, was sick, he stayed two more days in the place that he was at. So here's Jesus. He's about a day's travel from where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus is. Lazarus gets sick, so they send someone to him. It takes almost a day for him to get there. They don't usually travel at night. So so if Jesus is going to leave to go help him, it's going to be the next day. But he doesn't go the next day or the next day. And then it says... Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea and again. And then they go down. So now it's been four days and, and um, Lazarus dies in between that time. Now here's the thing. La- uh, Jesus could have went down there and answered that prayer and Lazarus would have been healed. But because Jesus let him die... The Bible says later on in John chapter 12, which is not in the slides, it says, because on account of Lazarus, on account of him, 
Many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. See, when Jesus came there and raised Lazarus from the dead and the testimony that he had and all the people in that city knew about it and then saw him, so many Jews and so many people there became believers and trusted Christ than would have if he just came there and healed them. So God's yes was better. And it's hard to take that no. Man, Lord, he said no you know, some people, man, said no to that job. Man, Lord said no to this. Over here, Lord, you said no to that person that I liked. Yeah, because God's got a better yes. God's got a better yes for you. In Matthew chapter 26, he, it says, which is Jesus, Jesus went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cut pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Even Jesus went to the Father, even though he, he is the God-man, but he is still a man, a sinless man, but he's still a man. And he went to the Father, yet he knew the answer, but he still prayed, Father, let this pass from me if it, if it can. But even the Father told Jesus, no, you know I've got a better yes. You see? The good, the good no. That's hard to take. It's hard to believe sometimes, but it's there. Now that we understand God says yes and no. Now some people have said, well, you know, because we were talking about me and my wife, about, you know, there's always a wait. But really wait is a yes or a no in progress. <laughs> You're still going to get yes or no. Even a wait is a yes or a no. But Christians should want God to answer yes and no. Okay, because we, we, want, we want God to say no to those things and yes to the things that are right. We want God to direct us and say, no, no, it's over here, my child, and hey, this is what I want for you. Come over here. This is so much better. And we want that direction. We want God to say yes and no. So we're going to look at some characteristics about that, about when God answers prayer. Now here in, um, in 2 Corinthians, a passage I want to look at, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writes this. He says, and I, he said, and, and least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, that you know, he, all the things that God gave him, uh, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Least I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, my, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly I, would I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So Paul comes to the Lord. We heard about this before. We don't know exactly what that thorn was. It's kind of funny. All these kind of people said, I know what it was. It was, you know, whatever, they, whatever their particular ailment is, it's like, oh, it's a bad back. Tell you what, my back's killing me right now. I pulled my back, picking up um, Easter eggs with my grandson last week. And I'm still walking around like Frankenstein at the time I get out of bed. Probably was a bad back, thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it was. But he had this, whatever the God let this happen to him. So I want to look at this idea of these characteristics of, uh, of God answering prayer. First of all, there's a divine order. There's a divine order. Now, there, there is just an order about things. That's just kind of how we are. You notice that it just in the way we say things. For example, um, do you say sweet and sour chicken or sour and sweet chicken? Say sweet and sour, right? 
You say first and last, or you say last and first? We say first and last, right? Well, that's my first and last time I'm ever going there. How about apples and oranges? You don't hear people say oranges and apples? Well, that's like app- oranges and apples. Right? Unless they're like me, a Yankee, or a little bit off, you know. But people say apples and oranges. You notice in the whole sermon I've been saying yes and no, yes and no, yes and no. That's what you say, yes. Did you like that movie? Yes and no. But see, the divine order is usually no, then yes. See, God usually gives the no first, and then he gives the yes. Not all the time, but most of the time. No, before he gives the yes. Now, we don't like that, you know? A lot of times I want to see that yes. Lord, can I see the yes before I get rid of my no? Before I leave my no, I want to see the yes. I want to be able to touch the yes. Oh, Lord, let me just grab a hold of that yes real fast. Before I let go of the no, just, just, let, me, just let me make sure, Lord, right? Sometimes we can't even see the yes. It's not even, it's not even on the horizon when God says no. You know, like Inky said, it, it, you know, he, he had only eight games Ten games before he could sign that contract. And yet what happened to him, it took years. It was years later that he finally got in that ministry. But it's a divine order. God knows what he's doing. No, then yes. Secondly, it's an appointed time. It's appointed time. God's yes and no come at the right time. We don't think like it does. It doesn't feel like it does. You know, as we said before about Paul, you know, the order in which he came and it came at the right time. You know, here Paul was in the, in the middle of his, the height of his ministry and he has his thorn in the flesh. And, and here he is, um, you know, he gets this no that God comes along and says, no, Paul, no. I'm telling you no, not right now. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. You know, here you are, boy, you're trying to serve God, and you're trying to, man, follow the Lord, and then God comes through with a no. And Paul encourages, says, hey, don't, don't be weary in doing good. In due season, you're going to reap that, yes. Just trust the Lord and, and endure not only is the um, yes and no come at the right time, but sometimes there is a time frame between the yes and the no. Right? Sometimes, like I said, you know, that no comes pretty quick, and that yes is nowhere to be in sight. You've got to trust the Lord. And number three, it's a personal answer. A personal answer. You know, Paul had seen others healed. Paul had healed others himself. Paul himself had had some miraculous things. You know, a snake uh, latch onto his arm, and yet he shook it off. It had no effect. And so, you know, Paul has seen miracles before. But this is a personal experience that he had with, with God about this. This was his personal no. You know, you can look and say, man, God, you said, you said yes to them. Why can't I get a yes like that? Why can't my house be a yes like that? You know? 
Why can't my job be a yes like that? Why can't my marriage be a yes like that? It's personal. When, when Jesus described Simon Peter at the very last, uh, how he was going to die, which is a crucifixion, he explained in the terms that, that he would be lifted up and, and that Peter himself would die of a crucifixion. And um, actually, history tells us that Peter asked them that he wasn't worthy to, to die in the same manner as his Lord, so they crucified him upside down. And when Jesus told him that, it says there in John chapter 21, and Peter, seeing him, who's John, the apostle John, he said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? What about, what, now what's John going to die? How is he going to die? And Jesus said to him, if I will that he remains till I come, what is that to you? Follow me. My yes and no is personal, Peter. Don't worry about what my yes and no is for John. You follow me. You know, it's hard look to see when God's doing this to that person and this, you know. But your answer is personal. God is dealing with you and what he knows you need. So not only is it, is it personal, but it's also uh, unexpected. An unexpected result. Now, since I threw my back out last week, I guarantee you, I have gone to the Lord more than three times <laughs> asking him to take this away from me. So there is something significant about when Paul said, I went to him three times and asked him. So the idea is either that the two other times that Paul went to him, that whatever that thorn was subsided, kind of went away. But then it came back, and so Paul went again, and it subsided. And then it came back. And then Paul went to the Lord. And, or it was that the very first time that Paul came to God and said, God, take this from me, God said, my grace is sufficient. And Paul went to God again the second time thinking, maybe I can change God's mind. And God says, my grace is sufficient. And then after a while, Paul went again and said, God, please, could you change your mind on this? And God says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And then Paul let it go. He just said, oh, fine. We don't know. But it's something about that that Paul wasn't expecting the result that he got. You know, and sometimes that, you know, you get that yo, no or, or even a yes. You're like, whoa, you know. That's a cool yes, Lord, but it wasn't really the yes I was hoping for. <laughs> it's not as big and as expensive as the yes I was, I was looking for, you know. Yeah, my brother did buy me a lottery ticket one time for a Christmas present. It didn't win either. I, I, I did keep it until after, but it still didn't win, you know. But you know what? The Lord's blessed me in other ways. I never won a ticket, but... Uh, God's blessed in so many different things. Give me so many, our, our family, so many things, you know. It's an unexpected result. Sometimes that no comes through like a tree through your house. <laughs> you weren't expecting that kind of no. Right? But it happens. You have to trust the Lord. 
that he knows what he's doing. My grace is sufficient for you, he says. My grace is sufficient for you. Is it sufficient for you? Is God's grace sufficient for you? Whatever his answer is, his yes and his no. When I was a young man in my 20s, my inking Johnson was Joni Erickson Tata. She was the girl who was 18, 1967. She was 18 years old, and she dove into the Chesapeake Bay and broke her neck, age 18. She's 69 now. And um, through that, God used her, and she has wrote all kinds of books. She um, has her, a ministry that she deals with people who are... Um, you know, hurt and injured like that. I mean, I remember I used to listen to her on the radio when I was at work. Listen to her Joni and friends and her talk, and she would sing and all this stuff, and uh, it just amazed me. That was my Inky Johnson back when I was 20 years old. God's grace was sufficient. So, you know, he, Inky said it right. You know, our ultimate goal is, is for God to mold us and fashion is not just to preach Christ, but to live Christ before all those, all those people that are around us. Family, friends, co-workers. Is not to preach a sermon, but live a sermon. That's how you'll get people. That's how you'll really be effective. And God can uh, really do some great works in your life. More than just answering prayer. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, again, I thank you, Lord, for this time we can come and, and trust and know, Lord, that you are in control. God, that we help us, Lord, to, to believe and know that you want things that are good for us in our lives. Help us to, uh, to seek you and to seek um, the yes and the no in life, to know that you will guide us in all things. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.